So what does Saturday night really mean for, for the fighters? We, we don't know. And we won't really know. We can only, we can only speculate. We can only have an opinion. Because we're allowed to have that. We try to build this sort of false persona about, about a, a character. But, but we don't actually know why they're fighting. We only want to believe that they're fighting for something. And that's interesting. But we'll never know into the mind of a fighter. We can only speculate. Of course, they can fight for legacy, money, family, world titles. That, that, that's the success element. People do fight for success. I always think that everybody fights for success. Whether they fight for money or not, they want to win, of course. Or they could just be simply fighting as a hobby to get away from a struggle that they are or that they are having at this present moment. It's interesting. We, we we could probably do an episode on that one. As to why do fighters well why why do they feel the need to step into the octagon sorry night? Is it because they love it? Is it because they love it? You know? It's 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 really it's a real uh, topic of discussion, and we might actually do an episode on that one. Simply put, a fireman from Ohio that's looking to put out a, an old flame, and four-year-old Showtime looking to settle a score with an old foe. Long time coming. And a hard-hitting Brazilian, young prospect, future ahead of him, looking to become a contender, not a pretender. Yeah, all these questions and more, yeah, but it'll be answered on Saturday night. One way or another, we will get our answers. And this is where breaking downs comes in, because what we do, we, we settle these things. We have discussions, we engage with our audience, and we'll give you those answers, right here, right now. I'm joined with my brother, Christopher, and we're going to indulge once, once again and take you on that MMA journey in our second part of our third part. MMA preview for UFC 241. So, whatever you're doing, sit back, relax, grab yourself a coffee, a beer, I don't know, but uh, enjoy the show. This episode of Breaking Downs is brought to you by Chris McNally Art. You can follow it on Instagram. You can like us on Facebook. Am I going to drop the link after this episode? But we're just under two days away from, from fight night. And, and um, one question I want to ask you right off the bat, uh, Chris, is, is, is one that I've been thinking about um, quite a lot recently. Um, it can be analyzed um, in depth so I actually want an in-depth answer for this um, the question is you know 
two days away from fight, fight camp, you're running over the game plan in your head. You're, you're preparing yourself. You're in a positive mind frame. How can you, um, how can you sort of um, disengage from that positivity, that game plan, to then enter what is the dreaded weight cut? It's a really good question, and it's one that uh, a, a lot of fans. Um, yep. particularly the casual fans who, who tune in for the big, kind of the big fight cards, you know, they, they really don't see um, that kind of dark side of the sport. And it is a dark side of the sport. It's, it's a dark cloud over um, not just UFC, but MMA and boxing where fighters are, um, you know, trying to make a lower weights in order to compete at, at various divisions. Um, I'm a, a huge proponent of fighters fighting somewhere closer to their natural weights. Yeah. And I actually think if you look at the careers of um, Anthony Rumble Johnson, uh, who was trying to make welterweight at one point, um, you know, and he struggled to make that weight. Um, you know, his best work was done at light heavyweight where, where he was an absolute monster. And then, you know, you look at people like uh, Jorge Masvidal, who was trying to make lightweight as well, has gone up. Um, to 170, who's now um, on a tour. You know, so it, it seems to me that, you know, weight cutting can sometimes lead to uh, kind of a positive career um, tra- uh, trajectory. Yeah. Though, you know, um, there's a lot of fighters, you know, it, it's, it's different for everybody. There's a lot of fighters who will go into that uh, kind of weight, weight cutting stage of, of their pro- um, progress and you know it's smooth sailing, no problems. Yeah. And then and then there's guys who just really struggle, you know. And and, and for some for some guys, it, it's like you know I'll step my my walking around weight and actually perform better. Um, yeah. Like 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 Daniel Cormier at heavyweight, you know he seems to be a monster up there. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it is a good it is a good question and um, that's a really good answer. So, um, yeah, I've been I've been sort of um. Can, can I can I just say one more thing uh, while we're on that subject before we move on? It's um it appears to me as well that when a fighter a UFC fighter has um actually hired um a dietitian somebody who's actually going to manage their weight alongside them yeah it, it seems to me that the the instances where we have people struggling to make weight or or missing weight are fewer. Though that might be naive of me to say that. I actually think you're spot on. Um, I, I, I have I have too noticed um, that once you do hire those um, nutritionists, you do tend to come in a lot more yourself on fight night. I, I take um, from it. Yeah. Um, the, the perfect example would be Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, I was just thinking Khabib, yeah. Khabib, um, he, he was fighting maybe once every, every two years. Um and then, and then all of a sudden, from twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, he's he's fought maybe what three, four times. So yeah, um, yeah, no, that's actually a really good point, and um, that's that is a very good point. Yeah, um, because I think the same could be said for Darren Till, I believe, who yeah, yeah. went into the Wonder Boy f- uh, fight. You could see his weight cut. Um, actually, somebody put that on YouTube um, and it was there for all the fans to see. And I, and I think it actually made the national papers as well. It was um, quite a shocking scene. You know, you had four or five lads uh, yeah. kind of standing or sitting, kneeling next to Darren Till, who appeared to be in all, in all sorts of discomfort and agony. 
um, it, 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 it certainly didn't look like, um, you know, the, the work of prof- professionals. It looked more, it looked more like, uh, you know, guys who were, were just kind of trial and error. Let's see if this works. And yeah. in the midst of all that chaos, you see Till, um, who's an absolute gorilla of a man, hence the, hence the nickname, just on the floor looking um, like deaf warmed up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, totally. And and sometimes in those, um, even though I respect every single fighter that steps out on you too, and, um, but, but whenever there's a, a case where, where somebody is putting... I would say maybe their life at risk here. Um, you know, just move up weight class. Um, save yourself the bother, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so save yourself the bother of it. But then again, if you if you think that your best chances of UFC gold perhaps are fighting at a certain weight, you're going to cut down. Um, and 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 that's just and that's just the way it's been, and that's the way it'll always be. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, you know, when we do our when we do our podcast, you know, I'll, I'll always have my little laptop friend here, um, just, <laughs> just, just, just ready to uh, clarify some, some piece of information that I might throw out there. But uh, I've noticed on the, uh, I just happened to type in UC241 on Bing, and similar, <laughs> to, similar to Google, they give you the, the UFC schedule yeah. across the top, so you can kind of go left or right and, and see previous fight cards and then um, kind of up and coming fight cards. So the next event, you see two, four, one, you've got, you've got the fighters and, yeah. and with that, they've actually given you kind of Bing's prediction, which is interesting. Really? They oh, have, yeah. yeah. Oh, so wow. um, they've got Cormier and Stipe. Um, Stipe is uh, 50, 57%. Yeah. Um, so, so he, he's the favorite there. And the reasons why they why they said that uh, Bing predicts Miocic has a fifty percent chance to win because of his dangerous knockout power, his takedown defense um, is good enough to avoid them, and in addition, his longer reach, which, which will help him control the distance. Um, I won't go into the others, but I think that's quite an interesting little kind of touch that I haven't seen on Google. That's um, good. Yeah. I was going to ask you um, in relation to the big fights coming up, and we've talked a lot about the DC and State Bay fight. We're going to talk about it again right now and then we're going to go and talk about Patterson um, Diaz and then yeah, totally. and Costa yeah. Yeah, totally. so um, just quickly uh, regarding Cormier and Stipe um, what do you think the approach is um, um, sorry let me, re- let me reword that what do you think the game plan for both Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier is going into the final Saturday night I'm going to start with the champion because I think it's a lot more um, it's, it's set the blueprints there for him um, I said Daniel Cormier from the first fight. Do you know what Daniel Cormier put put that first fight put that first um you know version of the first fight into the rematch. Um, Daniel Cormier looking for that clinch, parrying the hands out. Hopefully not eye poking this time because I think that actually might have had something to do with a knockout. But um, yeah. Um, he he did he didn't get in he poke and he knocked him out in the same side uh, shortly after. So, um, mm. but you know, parry those hands, um, sort of lead Stipe onto that shot again. Look for the clinch. The clinch is going to come. It's a twenty-five minute fight. Um, clinch, yeah. The the clinch game is is Daniel Cormier's game. The dirty box and those is the, t- the takedown game there at all. Uh, only in later rounds for me. Um, okay, that's interesting. What about um, 
What about Stipe Miocic, the challenger? Well, I, I sort of, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll just, I'll talk about DC quickly. But um, for DC, just the clinches stuff. Like, I'll, and we know what DC brings to the table. If he comes in a hundred percent, he's going to be hard to beat. But yeah. um, Stipe Miocic, uh, read an interesting thing on Twitter where, where uh, um, you know, users were saying that. Stipe's game plan would be to keep the range, keep the distance, pop the shots off, keep DC on the end of those shots, rattle DC, and then yeah. somebody uh, somebody commented under it saying, "Well, that's what every opponent has an advantage over DC is the range, and so you can't really look too much into that." Um, yeah. For Stipe, uh, do you know? Don't get too close to DC. He's going to clinch you. He's the master of that clinch. Um, yeah, one one hundred percent. I think it's that tie sort of clinch. Um, where where he throws uppercut after uppercut and you can't seem to block it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, going back to the Gustafsson fight, he was just hitting with hitting him with that shot over and over again, and Gustafsson didn't seem to have an answer. Um, if I was to give, if I if I was Stipe's coach, um, I would say to Stipe, be patient in there. Um, don't don't lock to don't try to get as in the first fight. Don't try to get the light heavyweight out of there in the record timing. Um, that that's a good that's a good point. I did sense. Um, I mean, when you look back at the first round, although it only lasted what two minutes and forty four seconds or something like that. Yeah. Um, it a lot went on in that first round. No, one hundred percent. And for as long uh, as that fight lasted, it was a brilliant fight. But um, going back to my point, there was an urgency in Stipe's game. Yeah. No, there there definitely was, and. Uh... Perhaps he was rushing. Yeah, yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent. And um, this goes back to what we were saying before about uh, perhaps undermining, not not undermining, but um, not really giving full credit to Daniel Cormier's um, game, where he thought, "I'm the bigger man. He's not going to be able to take my shots. I'm going to walk him down. I'm going to finish this quickly." Do you know? Do you know what actually I compare to? I I compare to the Cyborg Nunes fight, um, where where Cyborg came out like like a house on fire. She tried to get the lighter Nunes out of there, and then did get caught. And um, mm. I, I I see I see similarities, but I'm going to put my mind in in, in Stipe. I'm going to put myself in Stipe's mind. Stipe, be patient. Don't rush in because you're going to get caught um, by by the the very very heavy hitting heavyweight Daniel Cormier. It seems to be like at heavyweight he's got uh, a newfound power, doesn't it? Yeah, keep try to keep DC off balance. Um, maybe throw away leg kick to upset DC. Maybe even shoot yourself just 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 to upset the card. If if things right. uh, well, well, if things go up the wall, maybe. <laughs> I mean, look, is it just me or have we not seen a UFC press conference for this one? Um. There was a press conference for Daniel Comey and Stipe at that seasonal press conference, but Patterson. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So, so I saw that. I mean, that's quite a while ago now. But you know, usually on the big fight cards um, and on the fight week, the build up, maybe Wednesday night or something like that, you'll see a a UFC press conference, and you know, maybe the three main fights are, you know, more nine times out of ten, the two main fights are represented on the stage. We haven't seen that this time. It seems to me like the um, UFC are really cutting down on those, and uh, it is disappointing. But uh, again, uh, if you're if you're looking at the health and well being of our fighters, I'd say that maybe okay, we'll, we'll we'll skip the press conference if the if these if these fighters are enduring a weight cut tomorrow tomorrow morning, um, 
tomorrow morning, Anaheim time, they're they're gonna they're gonna have to go in to the arena and they're gonna have to be on they're on the scales. They're cold. They're tired. They want to go back and rest for the for the following night and yeah. to, to 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 almost re-enter themselves into that world I was talking about. And um, well, well yeah. we saw that with Khabib, didn't we? He wasn't willing to wait around for Connor. Um, when those guys fought, he was like, "Look, I, I've got a weight cut to do. I'm out of here." Can I uh, actually reverse the the question on you now um, about the game plans for either fighter? Yeah. I think it's a good. Um, I think your summary was actually was really good. I'm going to start with Stipe. I predicted I've predicted him to win. I think okay. Stipe. Look, first and foremost, I think this fight um, is going to go Stipe's way, and the game plan and the game plan um, is to be more patient. He he was. Um, I think he rushed in the first round of the first fight. Um, he, he was certainly pushing the pace. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, when you look at that fight um, again, you know you, you look at total strikes and you look at who was pushing the pace. Stipe had a lot of great moments in that first round. Um, be more patient this time. Keep the range. Do not engage the clinch if you don't have to. Um, yeah. Certainly, you know those. Um, try and keep those underhooks in, um, in order to avoid the takedown. Because, you know, you're, you're talking with DC, you know, you're talking about a, a high, high, high-level wrestler. Um, yeah. Probably the best in there at heavyweight, him and maybe Blades, perhaps. Curtis, that's a good shout. Yeah, um, good shout. So, so, you know, any time um, they're in the clinch, try and get those underhooks. Um, but, but yeah, as you said, don't get... Don't get drawn into that kind of fight. Don't um don't get drawn into that dirty boxing game that DC um really um thrives in. So um yeah, just stay patient and keep range. Um maybe not look for the big power shots straight away. They'll you know, just wait to find the openings. And then DC oh man. It's so tricky with DC. I I I always give DC kind of the underdog role. I, I know it apart from the Derek Lewis fight. Yeah, because yeah. because so much is stacked against him. But um, I think DC is going to lure Stipe into those kind of close exchanges. Yeah, where he's able to clinch with him and. Try and land those uppercuts that you were kind of alluding to earlier. Um, I think he may try to get the takedown uh, after round one. Interesting because he, he he's coming off a, a, a submission victory of Derek Lewis last year. Um, he may feel he may he may feel good in that in that sort of aspect. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and he really nullified Derek Lewis's punching power in that fight. So if he um. If he um, after the first round he would go for the takedown, perhaps I I feel, um, but yeah, I think I think the uh, the best of his work will certainly come in the clinch, and you know it's it's DC, you know the guy we were talking about him before. He he seems to almost download in in real time what he has to do to beat these guys, and you know you, you're talking about Alexander Gustafsson, a tall, high level striker, you know. Very hard to take down. I mean, you know, look at DC did to him. Rumble Johnson, an incredibly powerful striker and wrestler. Um, yep. DC, DC just destroyed him. 
I, I would say twice. You know, he had his trouble at the start of the first one. But ultimately, you know, DC destroyed both those guys. So, you know, it's... it's He's just an amazing fighter, you know, and um, but yeah, th- those those are my uh, kind of predicted game plans. But you know, time will tell, won't it? Just just two more things on, on this fight before we sort of uh, switch our, our attention to the Colmian. Yeah, we're gonna switch lanes um, to Pettis and Diaz. Yeah, go on. But I would I would actually say that if you look at the first fight, um, I didn't really realize this in real time, but when you listen to Joe Rogan and you listen to all these fighters commentate on the fight. Uh, the way that the uh, DC set him up is 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 very very interesting. He actually gives um Steve the underhook. He uh, sort of switches stance and then he and then he knocks him out. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um. The the way the way he was able to do that and it's it's it really opened your eyes. You have to say this is once again this man is 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 defying logic. Um. But um for Steve, if if he was to frustrate Daniel Cormier in the opening rounds. Daniel Cormier might actually force forward and then make a cut. We've seen it happen against Jones. So, interesting. But, sorry, Nate, can't come quick enough. These fighters have to step on the scale tomorrow. Hope all is good. I hope to God. All yes, is good. absolutely. So, let's um, switch lanes now. Yeah. We'll talk about Pettis and Diaz. You made your early prediction. I, I made mine. Uh, I believe that Diaz is going to put the... Um, I think he's going to strike him. And I think by the time we get to the third round, Anthony Pettis is going to be depleted as far as energy is concerned. Yeah, well, it's 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 a real fighter's fight that it yeah, really absolutely. is. Um, Anthony Pettis does does tend to bring it against these boys, I have to say. Um, but um, he has he, um for all that sort of rebirth he's had. Um, his record still is his recent record is quite salty and um. Yeah, I think people get carried away sometimes, don't they? Where they talk about, um, you know, I've I've heard a few fighters, you know, in the pro picks, saying that Pettis is is on a bit of a tour at the minute. Okay, I mean he beat Wonderboy, right? Let let's you know let's not um, forget that you know. So I have to fully acknowledge that that was an amazing thing to do, take yeah. out the number two or number three or whatever it was at the time. But ultimately, if you look at Pettis's record, you know he's, he's four. He's 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 four in his last ten. Four wins. Four wins in his last ten. Well, there you yeah. go. So you yeah, know. there you go. So RDA beat him. Alvarez Barbosa beat him. He picked up a win against Charles Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Holloway beat him. See the Holloway one. That that's where I see. That's where I see kind of um, the Diaz fight going. But anyway, he beat Jim Miller. Um, and then Poria beat him. Poria put put a hard beating on him. He beat Kiesa. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tony Ferguson beat him in uh, a, a very entertaining fight, though. And, and a lot of people said that that fight was close. And, but I I think looking back at that Ferguson, really put it on him. Apart from yeah. obviously the knockdown. One hundred percent. But then you've got this Wonder Boy win, which is kind of like you know at, at welterweight. But but you would say that those four wins, none of them are similar to Diaz. And um, I have to say, though, what's quite impressive about those uh, records, he was able to land a submission on the on the high-level Michael Chiesa uh, ground game and Charles Oliveira. That's that's quite impressive. I, I'll tell you what, um, Anthony Pettis' ground game is really dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is he a black belt? I don't know. 
Um, well, whenever he was on the ground with Tony, he seemed to, and Tony's as high level as it gets too. So, yeah. Um, but it's interesting um, that the pressure fighters, and you've heard me in the past, um, sort of link Tony and Diaz and, and Max and Diaz and, and Max and Tony. You've seen me link these uh, fighters in a sort of similar category. Yeah. He has he has lost quite. He has lost quite easily to both of them, and will Diaz do the same on Saturday night? Mm. Well, there you go. I've just I've just clarified that. You know, um, he is actually a, um, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under Daniel uh, Wanderley. Okay. So, but you do every time you see Diaz going down to the ground, he's um, sorry. Did I say Diaz? Yeah. Uh, every every time you see Perez going down to the ground. He looks comfortable enough, and you know he looks comfortable enough fighting off his back. And as I said before, like he's a threat there. You know, I think he, um, as you say, beat Charles um, Oliveira there. I think he also beat um, Benson Henderson with a, a submission, didn't he? Every, everyone remembers that fight for the big, the big kick off the cage. But he actually, yeah. let me just check that. He he, he finished with an armbar. You're right. Yeah, there you go. So he got him in the. Um, and then the fight after that, he beat Gilbert Melendez with a submission, um, which is a guillotine choke. So, you know, um, yeah, if this fight goes to the ground, who knows? Um, it's interesting. It really is. Um, but, you know, I, 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 this is the fight. I'm really excited for the main event, but the call me in by it's so interesting. And I, I was um, talking to you last night, and then I remember saying to you that, my mind sort of is, is wandering a little bit when it, when it comes to this sort of fight. Yeah. Um, the thing the thing is with this fight, sorry to interrupt you, because yeah. I, I, I kind of know why your mind is wandering. Because you've got Pettis, who's been active, hasn't he? Very active. Whereas yeah. you look at Nate Diaz, and he's had a, what, a three-year layoff. If, you, if, if, these guys, if we rolled back time and these guys fought in, let's say, 2015, yeah. you know, I would put my house on Nate Diaz winning. Yeah, and Pettis has fought seven times since Nate's con- even considered stepping back in. So, yeah. Um, but interesting, interesting fight. We're going to break it down some more here in breaking downs. But um, yeah, it, it really, it really is a, it really is like a, uh, it's a real um for for a fight fan, it's a real joy uh, to be able to watch these two fighters. It's great uh, to of- see. It's great to see Diaz back, and you know he's he's just one of those guys that. Any any event he's at or press conference, which is kind of when I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed not to see a press conference, he's always entertaining. You know, he always brings um, the entertainment factor, you know, and effortlessly as well, you know. He's also, yeah. um, him and Pettis have got some tension, haven't they? Yeah, well, well Nate done a media scrum last night and he said that there was none, so I, I'm, I, I don't know, but... Um... Yeah, when Nate, Nate Diaz bring, bring in a show, he, he was smoking last night at the open work. Did you see that? I did. I mean, is that okay? I mean, it's a CBD product, which is it's perfectly legal. Um, I, I think, I think, do, do you remember he actually lost to uh, Connor a majority decision at 202, his last fight? Um, he was smoking it at the post press conference, and it, it sort of sparked a wee bit of a um, oh, hold up a minute, you know, um, with uh, Yasato. Yeah, Yusada came in and they were like, but it's it's perfectly fine. Um, I think actually, uh, Yusada have actually 
clarified that, I, I believe. But, but so, he, so, so it's CBD, yeah? He, yeah, he basically said the rise of CBD is crazy. It's real cool. Everyone's up in the game now. So I think it's actually used for... Um, it's used for... Isn't it, I, I, I have no um, clarification on this, but isn't it actually used for, like, um, to recover quicker? Well, um, C- CBD um, kind of... Let's say outlets uh, in high streets over in England here, you know, um, and I think I saw some in Ireland as well. But you've got these uh, these shops actually selling CBD products. A CBD has got medicinal purposes. Um, it actually helps you to relax. It helps your muscles to relax. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, you know, if you've let's say let's say you've gone to um a jiu-jitsu class and you've had a, a ridiculous session yeah yeah that cbd would speed up that that recovery uh, um, yeah. i mean sometimes when i've got home from jiu-jitsu and i'm trying to land in my bed trying to get comfortable it is tough yeah so in that in that kind of case if I was to take CBD, I think it, it, it would just relax my muscles and then allow me to relax. Um, but 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 it's all sorts of things. I think it even improves sleep as well. You know, so CBD, um, it's got a lot of medicinal purposes and yeah, it's, it's quite trendy at the minute, you know. Uh, funny enough, I, I was out in town there today and I think I actually came across it in Holland and Bard. So, yeah, that's um, right. The Holland and Bard are selling it too. So so it, it must be legal because that's that's quite a that's quite a good sort of um, shop to have it in. But yeah, interesting. But it's it's good as long as it's legal. I'm happy that fighters are being able to get get a a piece of um, get like a substance that that's able to make them recover quicker and um, relax and and be their optimum best at, at fight night. Absolutely. Uh, so we're gonna break that fight down further. Okay. Um, but we're going to move on now to talk about uh, just briefly about Yoel and uh, Costa, two absolute Goliaths in the cage. Um, I can't um, wait for this one. Yeah, I, I set up uh, polls, um, voting polls on Instagram. Um, if you haven't voted, vote because they're still up um, of the three big fights. Um, just touching on it quickly, um, Yoel Romero, three votes to one over Costa. Mm. Um, uh, was it Cormier? I think it was six two over Miosic, and uh, Nate Diaz was three all with Pettis. So, um, wow. for all for all you guys that have voted there, um, that's uh, thanks very much uh, for voting because it gives us actually something to talk about, and it gives us a, like an in depth sort of on what you actually think of the fight and how you see it playing out. And yeah. um, you know, it it really is nice seeing people sort of answer your questions and because then we get to know what what they think them, themselves but yeah Yola Muro Paulo Costa how do you see this one going <sighs> well it's interesting because you know recently we've seen um Yola Muro striking become a lot better and I would actually I would actually go as far to argue that Yola Muro is a striker okay Yoel Romero is a striker now. That that is gen, that's a genuine um, argument. I'm not trying to blow smoke up, you know, um, anybody's ass. I, I genuinely believe that that's his game now. He's very patient. Hmm. He waits. He controls his energy, and then he explodes. And usually, when he explodes, 
It's it's striking. I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm kind of being misled there because you know you look at the the Rockhold fight. Maybe he didn't want to take Rockhold down because he's an absolute nightmare on the ground. Chris Weidman's a strong wrestler, though he did, he he did engage in in wrestling in that fight. But I think um, Romero is going to be patient, and I think he's going to wait until maybe the second round to start really firing. Uh, I think I think I think the first round might be a little, little bit of a stalemate, but once we get to the second, the third round, I think we're going to see an absolute um, barn burster. I know from just talking to you right now that you're hoping for third round Romero. Uh, that's... Yeah, absolutely. Third third round Romero. I, I, we talked about this before, and when um, I put Michael in the hot seat, and he he was talking about TRT Vitor, who was a scary prospect. But I would say the the scariest fighter uh, in modern MMA is third round Romero. You know who knows what that guy's going to do in the third round. If you look at his look at his record, uh, if you take a time to look at his record tonight, look how many wins he's got in the third round. 100%. I think it's uh, among the most in UFC history. So, um, but this guy Costa, you know, like I can't sleep on him. His defense seems a bit. Uh, Bit, bit of a, a weakness, you know. Don't get me wrong; it's it's not terrible, but it does seem a bit of a weakness. Whereas Romero's, I think Romero's defense is deceptively strong. So you you would actually say that maybe Paulo Casas is good at giving it, but he's not maybe able to taking it. Perhaps. Yes, you know. Yes. And and you sound like maybe you're changing your sort of prediction that you you may actually fancy Romero to get the finish in this fight. No, I I think I think uh, Costa's gonna have enough in his chin to to stay in there. Um, I, I don't yeah. think Romero's gonna go for the submission. I think um I think uh, Romero's gonna put him in all sorts of trouble, but I think he, he I think he survives, and I think we go to um the fifteen minute mark. Um, just just uh, just an interesting uh, statistic. It's very very scary. Um. This uh, young, well, he's, he's young in terms of mixed martial arts. Uh, he's twelve and zero, and every single one of his uh, wins, besides one, has beca- has came from TKO knockout and one by submission. So actually, none of his fights have actually went the distance. Yeah. And, did, and sorry, did, sorry, did you say one was a TKO there? No, no. Every every one was was TKO, and but just bar one was a submission. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like. If he, none of his fights have been the distance. I don't expect this one to be either. You know. Hmm. Um. My my early prediction um. Um. Was that. Uh, Romero will implement his superior wrestling. Yeah. Um. He will t- put cost on his back. He will keep him there, and and that will open more doors for Romero to maybe drain Costa, drain the power of Costa, drain the sort of reflex fast twitch muscles and um, that, that cost obviously has and um, for him to maybe open up and maybe get the finish on the ground or coastal decision or potentially open up a submission so I, I'm really heavily back in Romero here but I am a Romero fan um, I, I so. will say I will say one thing you know if, you, if we're looking at his kind of uh, professional fight history you know you, you've got two notable fights there um, against Uriah Hall you know beating Uriah Hall is um you know, it's it's a bit of a statement, I suppose. Um, it, it's kind of like a, it's it's almost like a welcome party. Yeah. What what welcome to the welcome to the top of the table? Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, I, I think I think well, maybe not now, but yeah, at that point, I think I think you're hundred percent. Yeah, and then he and then he had a win over Johnny Hendricks, who who by two thousand seventeen, let let's be fair, you know, Johnny Hendricks wasn't the same fighter. Before that, you look at the list of people he's fought. You know, it, it's not it's not a list of notable names at all. Romero is, you know, at the age of forty two. He seems to be only getting better, and he's been at the upper echelon now for about three or four years. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe this step up. I mean, I, I do. I think the step up's deserved. Um, yeah, I think it is because uh, he's exciting, and Romero needs to fight. They both need to fight, but maybe it's a step up too soon. You know, as I say, Romero is. Top two, three in that division, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but, um, uh, the, the only fighters I can really think above them are, you know, Robert, Robert Whitaker and, and Adesanya. So, um, Robert Whitaker and Adesanya, um, yeah, and, and, and you know, now, you, know. you and I, uh, both, both being Romero fans, of course, you know, so if we sound biased, that, that's why, but you know, when that, when those guys fought Whitaker and Romero, um, the second time, I was given that fight to Romero. It was a very, very razor close split decision. I had to give it to Romero also, but um, watched that press conference last night when I got home from work and um, Whitaker and Adesanya. Um, I, I actually uh, initially thought to myself, uh, "Bore, um, let me go, you know, go to sleep." But um, <laughs> um, you know what? A, what an ultimate professional Robert Whitaker is. Um, he's a real role model, really, in many ways. Um, I just watched that press conference last night. He carried himself like an absolute. Um, champion that, that yeah. and, and Daniel Cormier has has came out with with mega praise for him in the past week. So Robert Whitaker is is he is every um ro- ro- role model of, of any Australian fighter that's on a uh, coming up. You know? The only thing that's kind of going against you, well, uh, not you, well, sorry, um, Robert. Robert in his uh, career at the moment is he seems to keep picking up these injuries, which then lead to long layoffs so he doesn't yeah. fight that much and um, but besides that you know you are looking at somebody who carries himself incredibly professionally and somebody who you know when you know the chips are down in big fights he rallies back you know and and, and interesting like he's, he's not the biggest personality but in many ways, if you have if you haven't watched that press conference, give it give it a watch. Um, he almost gets the better of 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 um Adesanya in such a strange in a strange environment. Really, um, he does. He he doesn't even he doesn't even have to talk back with him, but he just carries himself so well. You're like so. So what? Is, what I haven't seen the press conference. So what was Adesanya's approach like? Adesanya, um, but Adesanya's a cool figure. Um. He's a he's a really exciting fighter, really exciting personality. Um, both fighters were sort of um, talking to the to the media. It was in Australia, so the the cameras were were sent to Australia. Obviously, UFC. Um, yeah. Dana obviously wasn't there. It was obviously the, the head of 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 Australia were there uh, dealing with with those sort of um dealing with those uh, sort of fights. Um, but. It seemed to me like the crowd were getting out of Sanya and and he was he was buckering back with them. So um <laughs> he actually he actually, actually um he actually maybe sort of a, 
in 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 a sort of untoward way, an untoward, a very untoward way, accused of of being quite racist. Um, oh God, no! Um, but in a very untoward way, and um, but look. He's an exciting person. He's an exciting fighter. That's going to be a good fight. I can't wait for that one. When is that one again? October 6th. And I can't wait to break it down with you, man. Yeah, that's going to be cool. So that's going to be, um, again, guys, another fight that we are going to go into um, a, lot of, a lot of detail. Um, so looking ahead, uh, as far as our podcasts go, obviously the fight, fight night Saturday. Um, we've got the weights, uh, the kind of the um, the the weights. Um, way, sorry, weigh-ins are tomorrow, and then you've got the the ceremonial weigh-ins, the um, the kind of the evening of. So, in terms of our podcast, are we going to leave it now until the actual card, the three main fights? Um, I wouldn't actually mind breaking down Diaz and Pettis a little bit more and um, indulge into that. So maybe we'll actually do one tomorrow. Yeah, let's um, do it. Like a, like a, like a, maybe just a, a very quick, very not not in depth, not 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 in depth prediction, but quick predictions. Like like if your prediction may have changed or my prediction may have changed, just quick predictions. We're gonna give a round because we always do, even though you can't predict what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a fight card. I can't wait for it. It's getting closer, which is great. I uh, mean, I mean, t- touch wood. You know, some news may actually come from um, the weigh-ins tomorrow, and you know, and even the ceremonial weigh-ins where the guys face off. Um, but everything seems pretty cordial up, up until this point. I I hope there's no um, dramas at, at the weigh-ins. I hope we get. Um, the fight card that we deserve, the fight card that we waited for, you know, we, you know, going back to what I said uh, in the previous podcast, the strength of the of the fight cards, the pay per views, they haven't been to the same standard as as far as I'm concerned um, to previous years. Yeah, that's so a, that's it's a, good to yeah. see. It's good to see this big this big fight com- card coming together, and and I hope it stays together with with two days uh, left. And that's that's a fair that's a fair enough sort of I, I, I look at it the exact same way. Um it's a fight card that these fight cards come few and far between, you know yourself. Um and it's just it's just brilliant to see so many personalities in the octagon on Saturday night from all different from all different sort of angles. You've got the brash Brazilian, you've got the humble Cuban you know you, you you know you've got all you've got all these great personalities you've got the you've, you've got you've got the sort of um the flashy showtime Pettis and and you've got the the hard man persona of Nate Diaz and the Daniel Comey and Stipe who are both you know there's there is a mutual respect there and it's going to be it's going to be great to see all these great fighters champions future champions prospects contenders all do battle on, on, on Saturday night, and I, I, I one cannot wait. And we're gonna, we're, you know, this is breaking down. This is what we do. We, we break down these fights, and I think we've broke the main event down to an absolute, um, cert. So, um, um, I'm just gonna, um, kind of chip in here with our uh, kind of big news, uh, of of the week. Um, do you know what I'm alluding to here? I have to give you the resound. There's like, um, <laughs> it is. Um, it's actually um, news of the week. Dun, dun, dun. That's it. I'm ready. Uh, it's Conor McGregor. 
I didn't really want to talk about this, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, really? No, um, it's, it's just, look, I, I'm sick of it, you know, and um, I'm sure you are too. I'm sure many, I'm sure many big Connor fans are. Um, yeah, go ahead, shout it out. People need to know. So Conor McGregor supposedly, well, allegedly, has been um, seen uh, punching an older man at a pub. Um, and, you know, I'm just watching the video here now. This is the first time I've seen it. I mean, it it it, it looks like Conor McGregor, you know. Um, he, you, pe- um, he appears to be holding his whiskey. Sorry, um, do, do you remember whenever that came out in April, though, Conor allegedly punched a... An old man in the pub. Do you remember? Do you remember that story? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean that that was um, did, that didn't happen, did it? That no, that's that video. That's that video. That's oh, is that that video? Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely Conor McGregor. It's definitely Conor McGregor. I see. Right. So um, yeah, it doesn't look too good. There seems to be dispute over his whiskey, and um, he gives the man a cup, and the man sort of. Look, look, I'm not, I'm not backing Connor in any sort of way. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're absolutely um, disgusted at what happened, so am I. But the, the man seems to pull away the cup in, in a sort of aggressive enough manner. So um, Connor puts the cup back down in front of me, does it again. They start arguing and, and Connor, Connor sort of uh, lashes out in, in a sort of, in a, in a weird enough way. He gets pushed out of the, the bar quite quickly. Um mm. But what me and you, we know what the Irish culture is like. Ireland, the Ireland sort of uh, bar culture is a lot different than any other country. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. So, so you know, Conor McGregor can't come over to Ireland and, and start pushing his weight about in pubs. No, exactly. Because, I mean, you know, look, yeah, you know, uh, as fans of Conor, you know, we we love what he's done in the octagon. But I mean, he's done a lot of good, I'd say, the octagon. But there's a lot yeah. of bad stuff there as well that makes you... You know, I've often compared. I've often compared to him uh, as a, as a, a brother, who you you have to love. You know, you're obligated to love, but it just pisses you off. Just let let you yeah let you down and um, but you know, I I, I think the the overall um media and and the obligation of being that sort of charisma modern day like Muhammad Ali. Um, I think it's maybe got him a little bit, and I think he's as ta- he's. His temper's definitely got worse over the years, um, for yeah, sure. But, absolutely. but that's our story of the week. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, um, yeah, um, we're, we're going to wrap it up. Um, we've got two days to the big fight night. We're going to do one tomorrow. Um, we may touch on the on the way in. We touch wood. Obviously, that ring goes smooth sail. This has been a blast. Yeah, so, um, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed and uh, I've enjoyed um, breaking this fight down this past two days. We're going to do our third part tomorrow, so go ahead and sign us off. Brilliant, uh, guys! Thank you for joining us today. It's Chris, Michael, Morris.